And in this part, on what occurs here on page 242 of this Lebanese print, page 188 of the Egyptian print, there occurs the beginning of the third and last fundamental principle. So there comes the heading here, Asr al-Thalith Ma'rifatu Nabiyina Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The third fundamental principle. Knowledge about our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then they bring a subheading, Ismuhu wa Nasabuhu wa Nash'atuhu. His name and his lineage and his early life. Then comes the beginning of this part of the text, saying, Shaykh al-Islam, Rahmahullah, Al-Asl al-Thalith, Ma'arifatu Nabiyyikum Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The third fundamental principle, knowledge about your Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Shaykh al-Awzan, Hafidhullah, said in explanation, his saying, Al-Asl al-Thalith, the third fundamental principle, meaning from Al-Asl al-Thalatha, meaning from the three fundamental principles. Because the Shaykh, Rahimahullah, has mentioned at the start of the treatise, the start of the Risala, that it is obligatory upon every Muslim male and Muslim female to have knowledge of these three fundamental principles. And they are knowledge of Allah, and knowledge of the religion of Islam, and knowledge about his Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the evidences. As for the first and the second fundamental principles, then a clarification of them and an explanation of them, with, or the other Sheikh said, then a clarification of them has proceeded and an explanation of their evidences in the previous part of the book. That was already done by now. So what remains, the Sheikh said, Al-Asl al the third fundamental principle. And it is knowledge about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because of the fact that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is an intermediary <coughs> between Allah and His creation with regard to conveying His religion and His message. Therefore, it is obligatory to know about him. Alayhi salatu was salam. So, I shared to attention this important point, as we made before as well. The Messenger, and the same of the people of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is an intermediary between Allah and his creation with regard to this conveying the deen, conveying the message. He's not an intermediary the other way around. We take him as an intermediary with our worship. We direct worship through him to Allah. No. That's the way the Sufis and the Deviants. Rather, the people of the Sunnah, 
the Abba Sheikh Rosan mentioned, and the people who will be in the way, the grave worshippers. They direct their worship to the Prophet taking him as an intermediary in their worship between them and Allah, and therefore falling to shirk. So Sheikh made clear the position of the people of the Sunnah that rather what is correct is that because of the fact that the Prophet is a wasita, is an intermediary between Allah and His creation with regard to tablighi dini warisalatihi with regard to conveying his religion and his message. Therefore, because of this fact, it is obligatory to know about him. Otherwise, how can you follow a person whom you do not know of? How can we do it? Follow the Messenger if we don't know about him. So therefore, you must know about him with regard to his name and with regard to the land where he was born and grew up in and the land to which he migrated, he performed Hijra to. And that you know the extent of his lifespan. And the phases of his life. And the phases of the time period which he spent in this world. <coughs> that you know also what occurred before prophethood and after it and before the hijra, before the migration and after the hijra, after the migration that you know how the wahi, how the revelation first came to him والسلام, and when the revelation began and what is the ayah which proves his prophethood which ayah proves his prophethood, his nubuwa. And the ayah which proves his messengership, his risala. That you can quote the ayahs which prove his prophethood. And the ayahs which prove his messengership, his being sent as a messenger. So you must know this. That you know his lineage, his nasab, that you know his lineage. Which tribe was he from? Because the Arabs comprised Qaba'il. <coughs> the Arabs are made up of tribes. And he was an Arab, without any doubt. So, knowledge of these matters is essential about the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Through studying the ayahs and the ahadith which are connected to these matters and you look into the seerah the life of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his call in order 
you should know these matters about your Prophet whom you are commanded to follow and to take as an example. Here comes the continuation of the text of Shaykh Islam. وَهُوَ مُحَمَّدُ بْنُ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ عَبْدِ الْمُقْطَلِبِ بْنِ هَاشِمْ وَهَاشِمٌ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ There's a word missing there. وَهَاشِمٌ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ That's dropped out of all the explanation of Shaykh Al-Azhar. The first Hashim, Ibn Hashimin, Wahashimun min Quraysh. So he's saying, Wahua Muhammad, Wahua Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim, Wahashimun min Quraysh, Wahurashun min al Arab, Wal Arabu min Zuriyati Ismail ibn Ibrahim al Khalil, Alayhi, Wahala Nabiina, Afdal of Salati was Salam. He said, and he is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son of Hashim. And Hashim was from Quraysh. And Quraysh are from the Arabs. And the Arabs are from the descendants of Ismail, the son of Ibrahim, Al-Khalil. Especially beloved one. <coughs> May the most excellent salat, extolment, and salam, peace and security be upon him and upon our Prophet. Sheikh Fazan said in explanation this is his name and his lineage. His name is Muhammad. And he has other names besides Muhammad. However, the most famous one of his names is Muhammad. And Allah mentioned that in the Quran in a number of ayahs. In Shaykh Rawzan, he mentions the four ayahs, which are all the four ayahs, by the name of Muhammad occurs. He said, Muhammadun Rasulullah. Surah Al-Fatih, 48 Surah, I-29. With the explanation, Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. He said, and his saying, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَقْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ Surah Al-Imran, the third Surah, I-144. With the explanation, and Muhammad is not except a Messenger. Messengers have passed away before him. And his saying, مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رَوْجَارِكُمْ Surah Al-Ahzab, the 33rd Surah, I-40. With the explanation, Muhammad is not the father of any of your men. And his saying, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَآمَنُوا بِمَا نُزِلُوا وَآمَنُوا بِمَا نُزِّرَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَهُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ Surah Muhammad, 47 Surah, Ayah 2, the second Ayah. The explanation, And those who have Iman, those who truly believe, and perform righteous deeds, and who believe in that was sent down, and who believe in that which was sent down upon Muhammad, and it is the truth from their Lord. Shaykh Razan said, 
So Allah mentioned his name Muhammad in a number of, of ayahs. Then he said, and from his names is Ahmad. Allah has mentioned it in his saying regarding the glad tidings given by al-Masih alayhi salam. He quotes the ayah where Allah the Most High quotes the saying of Isa alayhi salam to his people. وَإِذْ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنِ يَدَيَّ مِنَ التَّوْرَاتِ وَمُبَشِّرًا بِرَسُولٍ يَأْتِي مِنْ بَعْدِ اسْمُهُ يَأْتِي مِنْ بَعْدِ اسْمُهُ أَحْمَدٍ Surah Al-Saf, the 61st Surah, Ayah 6, with explanation. And remember when Isa ibn Maryam said, O children of Israel, I am Allah's messenger to you, confirming what came before me from the Torah and giving glad tidings of a messenger who will come after me, whose name will be Ahmad. So Shaykhiyyat, Bazan quotes the one place in the Quran where the name Ahmad is mentioned. Then he said, so he is Muhammad and Ahmad. And the meaning of that was both these words, both these names, Muhammad and Ahmad, they both derive from the same root in Arabic, the Ha and the Meem and the Dal, Hamd, different forms relating to praise. Shaykh said, so he is Muhammad and Ahmad. And the meaning of that is one abundant in praise, alayhi salatu wassalam, and abundant in attributes for which he is to be praised. And from his names. So Shaykh Fawzan has mentioned the first two names, Muhammad and Ahmad, then he continues. He has other names besides meaning. He said, and from his names were or are Nabi al Rahma, the Prophet of Mercy, and Nabi al Malhama, the Prophet of Great War. Shaykh said, meaning jihad in Allah's cause. And Al Hashir. The one after whom the people will be resurrected. And Al-Aqib, the final Prophet, alayhi salatu wassalam. The one who is such that the people will be resurrected after his being sent as a Prophet. Because he is the last of the messengers, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So there's nothing after him except for the establishment of the hour. So after his messengership, the hour will be established and the people will be resurrected for the recompensing and the accounting. And whoever wants to gain knowledge of these matters, then let him refer back to the book Jala'ul Afham Fis Salati Wassalam Ala Khair Al Anam of the Imam Ibn Qayyim Rahmahullah. It's much about the names of the Prophet and their meanings. And just as a side point, something that Ibn Qayyim mentioned in that book is that with regard to the names of the Prophet he goes into some detail, but just very briefly from what he mentions, is that the name Muhammad means the one who deserves to be praised repeatedly. One who has such qualities and because of them deserves to be praised repeatedly. 
and the name Ahmad. They mentioned two meanings for the name Ahmad, meaning the person most deserving of praise. And secondly, the one whose praise of his Lord is more excellent than the praise of all those who praise him. Then to continue with what Shaykh Fazan mentioned, he said, after referring to the book of Ibn Qayyim, Jalal al-Arham, he said, as for his nasib, as for his lineage, then he is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son of Hashim, the son of Abd Manaf, the son of Qusay, the son of Kilab. So he mentions, including the name of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the list of seven names in his lineage. And again, as a side point here, just very, as quickly as possible, for those who wish to, le- to learn the full lineage that's authentic and established, then there are, two, there are 22 names in the list that's definitely established, back to Adnan. And so the, and the, the full names there, just quickly as a side point here, they are, for those who wish to learn it, then that he was Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son, the son of Hashim, the son of Abd Manaf, the son of Qusay, the son of Kilab, the son of Murrah, the son of Ka'ab, the son of Lu'ay, the son of Ghalib, the son of Fihr, the son of Malik, the son of Anadr, the son of Kinana, the son of Khuzayma, the son of Mudurika, the son of Elias, the son of Mudar, the son of Nizar, the son of Ma'ad, the son of Adnan. These people acknowledge that is what is authentic and confirmed and definite back to Adnan. Beyond that, all that we know is that he was a descendant, that Adnan was a descendant of Ismail. But who was in between and how many generations, we cannot say with certainty. Then continue again with Sheikh Fawzan's explanation. So he mentioned the first part of the lineage and he said, taking it back to Kilab, he said, and he was from the tribe of Quraysh, which is the noblest of the tribes. And Quraysh are from the descendants of Ismail, alayhi salatu wassalam. And the Arabs are of two categories upon the most famous saying. And Quraysh from the Arabs, and in the most correct saying, the Arabs are of two branches, two, two parts. Al-Arab al-Aribah and Al-Arab al-Musta'arabah. First of them, Al-Arab al-Aribah, the original Arabs. And they were the Qahtaniyyah. They were the descendants of Qahtan. And the second branch, the second, is Al-Arab al-Musta'arabah, the assimilated Arabs, those who assimilated into the Arabs, became part of the Arabs. And they are the Adnaniyyah, the descendants of Adnan, from the descendants of Ismail, alayhi salam, the son of Ibrahim al-Khalil, alayhi salam. So the second, as for the first one, which I'm making clear, the original Arabs who were <coughs> Arabs originally, the, the descendants of Qahtan, Al-Arab al 
And the second ones, the ones we married into and lived with and, and learnt Arabic and became Arabs, Al Arab, Al Musta'araba, they are the descendants of Adnan, who were descended, Adnan being descended from Ismail, السلام, the Prophet, who is the son of Ibrahim, the Khalil, the Prophet. Then he mentions the second of these categories, the assimilated Arabs, the ones who became, joined in with the Arabs and became Arabs. They were called Al Musta'araba. The assimilated Arabs, because they learned the Arabic language from the original Arabs. Then the Sheikh gives the history of brief history of when this happened. He said, when the tribe of Jurhum, Jurhum being original one of the Arab Arab original Arab tribes, the sons of Adnan, or from the sons of Qahtan this tribe of Jurhum. He said, when the tribe of Jurhum came and settled in Mecca, beside Hajar, the mother of Ismail, and her son Ismail, whilst he was young, when they found the well, they found the water, the well of Zamzam, they settled there. And they made an agreement with Hajar that they should settle besides her and that she should permit them to take water from the well so I'm going to give an example here that obviously we know the story of Ismail, the Prophet Ismail who was left by his father Ibrahim <coughs> Ibrahim السلام, left his wife Hajar in the valley of Bakka, the place where Makkah grew he left by the command of Allah the Most High he left his wife Hajar with her child Ismail, he left them there with nobody else around left them there has been commanded by Allah the Most High and while they were there you know, the Zamzam came Zamzam came in that time this tribe of Jurhum they happened to be passing by to them that was just a, it's just a valley the valley of Bakka which was a, a desolate valley and they mentioned that they saw some birds somebody they saw some birds circling so they went to see and they found Hajar with a small child there so then that's the story that Shaykh mentioned so therefore they settled there and that's where it continued then the Sheikh said, So Ismail alayhi salam, he was a suckling infant at that time. Then he grew up and grew, grew older, and he took the Arabic language from Jurhum, from the tribe of Jurhum. And they were from Al Arab al Ariba, they were from the original Arabs. And he, Ismail, he married from the tribe of Jurhum. He married a woman from Jurhum. And descendants came from him who learned the Arabic language. And they grew up with the Arabs. So they became Araban Musta'araba. They became Arabs themselves by assimilation. They grew up amongst the Arabs. Their language became Arabic, the Arabic language. And they became Arabs. And they are the Adnaniya, the descendants of Adnan. As for the Ariba, the original Arabs, then they are the Qahtaniya, the descendants of Qahtan, whose origin was from Yemen. Then Sheikh Waza mentions the saying of some of the scholars as well, he said. So that's, Sheikh has made the difference here between the original Arabs, Arab al-Ariba, and the ones who became Arabs, Ismail and then his descendants, Arabi He said, and some of the ulama, some of the scholars said, Al-Arab al-Ariba, the original Arabs, 
themselves were of two categories. And the ones who were originally Arabs in the first place, they were of two categories. Arabun ba'ida, Arabs who became extinct. And Arabun ba'qiyah, Arabs who remained. The Arabs who became extinct, they the ones, they are the ones who were destroyed. And they were the people of Nuh and Ad and Thamud and Shu'ayb. They were the, they were the first branch, or one branch of the original Arabs. But they were destroyed. They became extinct, they were destroyed by Allah the most time. And the other, the second, the other branch, Al-Arab Al-Baqiyah. And as for the remaining Arabs, then they are those who are divided into the original Arabs and the assimilated Arabs. The category we had before. Original Arabs and assimilated Arabs. And they are the Arabs who remained. And the Prophet wasallam was from Banu Hashim. He's from the sons of Hashim. The tribe of Hashim. And Hashim was from the descendants of Ismail alayhi salatu wassalam. Hashim, Hashim being the great grandfather of the Prophet He said, and his name was Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib. And then he goes on to explain something about Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet who is called Abdul Muttalib, the slave, literally the slave belonging to Al Muttalib. He said this was not his name. He was actually called his name wasn't Abdul Muttalib. That's why he's called, a title given to him, the slave belonging to Al Muttalib. <coughs> he said this was not his name. His name was Shaba. A word meaning a grey lock of hair. His name was Shaba, the grandfather of the Prophet. His actual name was Shaba. However, he was called Abdul Muttalib, the slave belonging to Al Muttalib. Because his paternal uncle his father's brother, Al-Muttalib, the son of Abd Manaf, brought him from Al-Madinah whilst, whilst he was little. From his paternal, from his maternal uncles, Banu Najjar. So when the people saw him being dark from travelling, they thought that he was a slave owned by Al-Muttalib. So they said, Abdul Muttalib. He is the slave of Abdul Muttalib. And again, very briefly, try not to make it uh, more difficult, that they mentioned that Abdul, uh, and Sheikh Al-Qazam himself, after a moment, will mention that Abdul Manaf, he had four sons, one of them being Hashim. His first son being Hashim. This son Hashim, he married a woman from the people of Medina, Salma. was the daughter of Amr from Banu Najjar. So that's why her son, even though the family was the family of Quraysh from Mecca. However, Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was born to this woman, Salma, in Medina. So he grew, he grew from being young, he grew in Medina. And eventually his uncle, Al-Muttalib, he wanted to take him to his, the rest of his family in Mecca. So he took him from there, obviously the people in Mecca had never seen him before. He took him and obviously on a long journey, Al-Muttalib took him, his uncle took him, back to Mecca. So when he arrived back in Mecca from the journey, he was all dark. 
They'd never seen this, this, this little boy before. They thought, who is it? Who is this boy? He said, it's a slave. He's with the Muqtali. It must be the slave belonging to our Muqtali. But of course, he mentions not, it is my nephew. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, I will describe the name of Abdul Muttalib. His name was Shayba, and how he came to be called Abdul Muttalib. He said, He was the son of Hashim. Abdul Muttalib was the son of Hashim, the son of Abdul Manaf. And Abdul Manaf had four sons Hashim, who was the grandfather of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Al-Muttalib, and Abdul Shams, and Nawfal. Then Shaykh Fawzan mentions some of the descendants of each of them. He said, Banu Hashim are called, the descendants of Hashim are called Al-Hashimiyun. Hashimiyun. And Banu Muttalib are called Al-Muttalibiyun. And as for Abdul Shams, and from them was Uthman radiallahu anhu. He was descended from that son, Abdul Shams. And from them was Banu Umayyah. They were all from Abd Shams. And Nawfal, the fourth son, Nawfal, he had offspring. He had descendants. And from them were Jubair ibn Muqim and Hakim ibn Khizam. Two of the companions. They came from his descendants. In other words, he's mentioning the family of the great-grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa or the great-great-grandfather, Abd Manaf, that he had four sons. Hashim, who was the great-grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Abdul Shams, from whom descended the Banu Umayyah and Uthman radiallahu and from them, Al-Muttalib, and he was the one who took his nephew, Abdul Muttalib, back from Medina to Mecca, and from them was Nawfal. Then Shaykh Bawzan said, And Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wassalam, had a son, Ismail, and he was the eldest one. Obviously going right now back to the, right to the start, to the early part of the lineage of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi which goes back to Adnan, Back, all the way back to Ismail, who was the son of Ibrahim, alayhi salam. So he said, And Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wassalam, he had the son Ismail, and he was the eldest one. And he is the grandfather of the Arabs, al-Adnaniyah. So his descendants, the Arabs who were descended from Adnan. Their grandfather is the Prophet Ismail. And he mentions the second son of Ibrahim. And Ishaq. And he is the grandfather of the Banu Israel. Of the children of Israel. And all of the prophets, all of them, were from the descendants of Ishaq. From the second son of Ibrahim. All the prophets were descended, later prophets were descended from Ishaq. Except for our prophet, alayhi salatu wassalam. He was from the descendants of Ismail. And he was Khatam al-Nabiyyin. Our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was the final one of the Prophets. Then he said, as, as for his birth, then he sallallahu alayhi wa was born 
in the year of the elephant. And it is the year, then he describes, Shafazan describes this year. Why was it called the year of the elephant? He said, and it is the year when Abraha, the king of Yemen, came, came towards Mecca. He was sent on a mission by the king of the Abyssinians to demolish the Kaaba. He was a Christian king. He sent him on a mission to destroy the Kaaba in Mecca. And with him, there was a very large elephant. So when he reached the place which is called Al-Mughammas, and nothing remained except for him to enter Mecca, and for him to demolish the Kaaba. And the people of Mecca had already separated and climbed into the mountains because they had no strength to oppose him. So he wanted to go on to the Kaaba. But the elephant was held back. When he reached his place, Abu Ghammas, the elephant was held back. Something stopped it. And it refused to get up from the ground. Allah held it back. So when he turned it in a direction other than the direction of Mecca, it would get up and trot. And when he directed it, when he pointed it in the direction of Mecca, it was prevented. And it was not able to walk. And whilst they were in that condition, they saw two flocks of birds coming from the direction of the ocean. And they had with them stones. Each bird had two stones with it. A stone in its beak and a stone between its feet. And they threw these little stones down. And they would strike the head of a man and it would come out from his anus and split him in two halves. So Allah, the mighty and majestic, destroyed them. So there's a point here. Just in case someone obviously living in this country, so the people put ideas in your mind. Does it literally mean that? And you know, with the other living wants to go far, they try to put ideas in your mind. Maybe it's not literally. The fact is, it's a miracle, something miraculous which Allah caused to occur. This is how it happened, and it's a, it's a miracle. This is how it happened. The birds they drop these stones. They hit the they hit a person on his head, and he would go through his body. And as the Sheikh said, split. He was split into two halves. Something miraculous which Allah caused to occur and destroyed them. Sheikh said, "So Allah sent down with regard to that, reminding the Quraysh, sort of feel. Alam tara kaifa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-fil, alam yaj'al kaidam fi tabliil." وَأَرْسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلٌ تَرْمِيهِمْ بِحِجَارَةٍ مِنْ سِجِّيلٍ فَجَعَلَهُمْ كَأَصْحِمْ مَكْرُونٍ Surah Al-Fil, 105th Surah With the explanation Do you not see how your Lord dealt with the companions of the elephant? Did he not make their plan go astray? And he sent, he sent against them birds in flocks, striking them with stones of clay. Shaykh Hazan commented, from, the, from hell. 
and Allah's refuge is sought. With these stones, which are of this quality, they came down, they hit a man on his head and split his body into two. She said, stones from hell, and Allah's refuge is sought. <laughs> the explanation. So he made them like stalks of corn cut off, devoured. So he made them like stalks of corn devoured. The Sheikh said they became like dry straw, which has been eaten by animals and excreted. He said this was the story of the elephant. So Allah defended his sacred house and he destroyed this tyrant. Abraha, the one who came, wanted to demolish the Kaaba. And in this year, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was born. And there appeared, along with his birth, signs. So light appeared along with him, which caused the castles of Sham to shine. Shami, area of Palestine and Syria, area around there. When he was born, light appeared, which shone and caused the palaces in Sham to shine. And in the night of his birth, the idol shook, and the throne room of Kisra, the emperor of the Persians, the throne room of Kisra shook, and some balconies or battlements from it fell down. In the night when the Prophet ﷺ was born, these were signs for the sending of the Prophet ﷺ as a prophet. And the jinn and the devils were thrown into commotion in that night, in that tremendous night. He was born in the place called Shi'ib Ali. He was born in this area, the mountain pass of Ali. So Sheikh referring to what was earlier called, used to be called, it was called the mountain pass of Ali. Before that, the mountain pass of Abi Talib. Well-known place in Mecca. He was born in the Shia mountain pass of Ali, close to the Kaaba. He was born in Mecca. However, the precise location of the house is not confirmed. ends explanation at that point. As for Sheikh Muhammad Aman, then he brings an important point which we'll just quickly mention. He said, after giving the lineage of the Prophet briefly, he said, from Sheikh Muhammad Aman, Al-Jami, he said, he is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son of Hashim. To this point, the author mentioned the uh, a lineage of the Prophet And it is upon the youth that they should learn the lineage to Adnan. The Shabab, the, the youth, they should learn the lineage back to Adnan. For this is a point of agreement. In the lineage of the Prophet from the Prophet to Adnan, there's agreement about that. No dispute, no doubt, that's confirmed. That's what we should learn. Before that, there are names, but it's not confirmed whether the names are correct, how many names, etc. The back to Adnan is confirmed, it should be learned as the Sheikh said. He said, this is a point of agreement. And after that is a point of disagreement. 
Then he mentioned the important point. And the ma'rifah, the awareness, the knowledge we, we are to have here, the I mean, knowledge of the Prophet وسلم, on this point, the knowledge that we are to have is two parts of knowledge. The first knowledge and awareness is a means and a preparation for the second knowledge, second awareness, which is what is required in the legislation. So a person knowing Muhammad وسلم, and that he is Muhammad the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, to the end of the lineage, and that he was from the Arabs, from the descendants of Ismail, and that he was born in Mecca, and that he migrated to Al Madina. This knowledge and awareness is a knowledge and awareness which is a preparation for the awareness which is absolutely essential, which is from Iman. Which is, in that first, that we know who the Prophet was, who he was, where he was from. We know that. That's the first branch that we need to know. That leads on to the second essential one, the Shaykh said, which is that you know that he is Muhammadun Ahadin The same way that Shaykh Rosan mentioned, with the explanation that Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, and that you know that he is indeed the messenger of Allah. And that you know that لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ I have the end of Surah Tawbah with the explanation There has indeed certainly come to you a messenger from yourselves to the end of the ayah. <coughs> Sheikh said, meaning awareness of his characteristics which have occurred in the Qur'an and awareness of the fact that he is the last, the seal of the messengers there is no prophet after him and that he was sent for the whole of the two species the jinn and mankind and to obey him in whatever he commanded and to believe him in whatever he informed of and that you do not worship Allah except with what he came with this is the ma'rifah the awareness this knowledge and awareness which will benefit and after that there must be believing after awareness, there must be believing and submitting and following him. In other words, there are two, Shaykh clarifying the point, there are two massive awareness. The first one, who the Prophet was, and then secondly, what he was. He was the final messenger, and so on to the end of the captious attention. And then complying with that, submitting and complying and worshiping Allah upon that. Alhamdulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa